are listening to a very special edition of Ignite Radio Live. Following the Supreme Court's Dobbs decision overturning Roe v. Wade, the call for you and me to be actively engaged has never been greater. The battle has returned to the states, that is to you and me, and those who stand against God's image in mankind in the most vulnerable stages of life have never been more mobilized. These coming months leading to November have never been more consequential. Thanks to the leadership of Bill and Barb Herzog with many amazing Christian pastors and leaders in the Toledo community, what follows is a very important update, an impassioned plea by Ruth Edmonds from the Center for Christian Virtue. She spells out what we're up against and gives directions to how we can get involved. In particular, right now, we want to direct you to protectwomenohio.com. Again, that's protectwomenohio.com. As Dietrich Bonhoeffer boldly proclaimed, silence in the face of evil is itself evil. God will not hold us guiltless. Not to speak is to speak. Not to act is to act. Please listen. Please share. Ignite Radio Live is an award-winning podcast and radio program committed to uniting families in seeking, proclaiming, living, and building the kingdom. Join us. Listen to other great episodes at IgniteRadioLive.com. So here's the word. Um, We're going to go to, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Words are powerful, and we say that all the time, but they really are. And God used a word to establish existence, right? He said, let there be. Okay. And I'm going somewhere, really, with this. So whatever God creates, we know the enemy corrupts, right? He counterfeits what God creates. And so... Um, in our culture today, there is a move afoot to um, counterfeit and corrupt really good words and creations of God, like the rainbow. Come on. That's God's promise to his people, to the earth that he wouldn't. It, it's been, you know, somewhat corrupted, but we're going to take it back. Um, words like love. You know, oh my goodness, what the world is doing with the word love, you know? If I don't affirm you, then I hate you. If I affirm you, then I love you. No, that's not, no, God is love, right? So words are powerful. We are in a war of words right now, a war of words. And um, the war is for the word of God. So um, there are some so-called words that keep, you know, being thrown out there, um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Really great words. Black Lives Matter. Really great words. Um, But the undertones of them can be corrupted. So I want to go to Genesis 2 and 16 and show you who (laughs) was the first one to corrupt these words. So in Genesis 2, 16, it says, and, and the Lord God commanded the earth, saying, of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat thereof you shall surely die. He said, of every tree of the garden you can eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil 
don't eat that. Because in that day, you will surely die. And then you go over to um, Genesis 3 and 1. Here comes old Slewfoot, as my grandmother used to call him, <laughs> the serpent. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said that. So he baited her into a conversation with a misstatement. Okay, he intentionally misstated it and he baited her and she fell for it because she begins to give interpretation that's really not direct to the statement that God said. She twisted God's words and she left out something. She says, we may eat the fruit of the trees in the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. So she's put a lot of stuff in there. He didn't say you couldn't touch it. He said, don't eat of the tree. He didn't even say, don't eat of the fruit. So she's put fruit in there. She said, touched it. She's added a mixture to the word. And why am I bringing that up? Because that is what's happening with this um, so-called, this amendment. They've titled it the um, Reproductive Freedom Amendment. Now, the words reproductive, really good, right? Freedom, really good, right? But in the context of abortion, that's not good. First of all, there's nothing reproductive about an abortion. It's, it's, a, it's a murder. It's a death. And freedom, you know, whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Freedom comes from God. It doesn't come from my will to do what I want to do however I want to do it. That's not freedom. That's rebellion. So we have to be careful with how the world is phrasing things. And we have to be wise as serpent and gentle as dove. So when the world says these things, they know they're saying it because they're trying to make it very hard for the Christians, for the body of Christ, to defend against it. Because how could you defend against reproduction? You're supposed to be, you know, productive, you know, fruitful, replenish the earth and all of that. You know, freedom. So, but when you know what Slewfoot is up to, when you know he's going to take the word of God and he's going to twist it, then you know, okay, God, what's really going on? So you have also um, with you, there's a little black card, um, and I'm going to explain what it is and then we're going to talk a little bit about the initiative because I brought the actual language. I brought the words. <laughs> so there is a um, pro-life movement. It's called Protect Women Ohio. Now, when you hear that, Protect Women Ohio, one might think, man, that sounds like pro-choice. Man, that sounds like, hmm, my body, my choice. Well... Yeah, kind of. But we know that we're not going, it's a mind game. 
So if the opposition is saying it's all about her body and her choice, we have to counter with, we're protecting her. And here's how we're going to protect her. So we're kind of using the word. And here's the other thing. In this, in the amendment, um, the proposed amendment, the word woman is not used once. So we know, and we know that the enemy hates women, right? In, in Revelation 12 and 2, what did he do? He tried to steal, you know, take the woman, take the baby. And he hates women. So he won't even use her name. He won't even use the word woman in the amendment. So this movement is not a pro-choice movement. It is a pro-life movement, Protect Women Ohio. And we talk about the five harms. This um, pro-life movement is not just a CCV event. It is all pro-life organizations. And we've got Toledo Right to Life, um, Ed, um, Foundations for Life, um, uh, um, um, Savannah Martin's group, and all the other pro-life groups around the state. It's about 40, 45 groups all together that make up this Protect Women Ohio Coalition. We want you to go on the website and learn about these five harms. Be in prayer about them. It's not, this particular amendment is not going to offer protections for the unborn, um, even up to birth. And I'm going to show you in the language because others will say it doesn't say that. But yes, it does. Um, it overturns parental notification. It doesn't say, you know, it's restrictive of parental consent, but it does. It makes abortion laws as radical as China and North Korea. It eliminates the legal requirement for abortionists to follow basic hospital health and safety. Health and safety is important for everybody, man, woman, child. We even take our, our, our favorite pets to the best veterinarian, don't we, to get the best health care. It's important. And it doesn't protect women for who, who might feel pressured. Um, now that it's illegal, let's say... Um, a woman is in a bad relationship with a boyfriend or husband and they want to, you know, coerce her to have an abortion. Or let's say, um, you know, we've got human trafficking. It's a real thing in the state of Ohio. And now we've got, you know, um, men who will traffic young girls. Well, according to this piece of legislation, well, she, you don't need parental consent so she can, she can have it. And so I can take her and I don't have to go to a regular hospital. I can take her to one of my little corner, you know, store places and get her taken care of. Or, you know, um, so it, it's, it's sinister. And this sin, it's real sinister. And this is not the kind of thing that we want to talk about always because God is good. He really, really is. He's so good that he would not leave us unaware. He does not want us to be ignorant of anything. And that's why we have to know the truth because when we know the truth, the truth is what will make us free. So on this initiative petition, this is actually what was filed. Right now, there's a group that's going around to get um, 412,000 signatures um, to put this language right here on the ballot. And I want to go through this language really quickly on you. It's not even long. As you can see, on the one side is the summary. There are five points to this petition. And then on the back, that's the actual amendment in its longer version. It's so simple, but it's so cunning. The amendment provides that every individual has a right to make out 
one's own reproductive decisions. Is a five-year-old girl an individual? Is a 17-year-old girl an individual? Yeah, they are. According to this, they have the right to their own reproductive decisions. It doesn't say a minor. It says an individual. Very deceptive. Including but not limited to decisions on contraception, fertility, treatment, continuing one's own pregnancy, miscarriage, care, and abortion. So now I'm giving a child, an individual, the right. Then it says, the state shall not directly or indirectly burden, penalize, prohibit, interfere with, or discriminate against either an individual's voluntary exercise of, his, of this right or a person or entity that assists. So now the states are, what's a burden? What does it mean to burden somebody from, from doing this? Well, define burden. So what they're saying is that it's prohibiting the state, it's, it's binding the hands of governmental authorities from being able to um, prohibit or, or cause any kind of um, statutes or limitations. Um, if I say that you need to wait 48 hours, well, that's a burden. So words matter. And it says, and I can't burden even the person who wants to help the young lady. So I'm trafficking young girls. She says it's okay. You can't burden me. You can't stop me from taking her to someplace. And it says in, in number three, however, abortion may be prohibited after fetal viability. But in no case may such an abortion be prohibited if in the professional judgment of the pregnant patient's treating physician, it is necessary. So all the way up to birth. If a profession in the professional judgment of the treating physician says that this is not good, that physician can perform legally an abortion all the way up to nine months. That's when feed, that's a fetal viability, nine months. So when you start thinking about what these words are saying, and again, it doesn't say a female, it says a pregnant patient, treating physician. Trust and believe, we're going there. We're gonna have you know, artificial wounds. This is getting into transgender. All of these things, it is, it is critically important that we pay attention to not only what is being said, but how it's being said, and then what's not being said. And then I'm gonna go down to number four, and it says, as used in this section, fetal viability means the point at which a pregnancy, when in the, oh, I, I read that, reasonable measures, um, the fetus has a significant likelihood of survival outside the uterus with reasonable measures. Again, nine-month-old babies are going to be left on the table. It's going to happen. And if it's just one that it happens to, God help us for not stopping this amendment. But it won't be just one, because there is a movement afoot to kill the babies, just like in Israel. There's a movement, just like when Jesus was born. There's a movement to kill babies. So we as the people of God have a responsibility to stand up. We absolutely must love the mother, 
and we must take care of the children. And there are pregnancy decision health centers and others, we've talked about that, and we need more of them who will take care of these babies. No question about it. But we can't call wrong right to appease so that somebody will say that we're loving. No, we, it's better to obey God than to obey man. Enmity, friendship with man is enmity with God. It's, it's this choosy this day. It's, you know, you can't straddle the fence season because the enemy is not playing with us. He's calling us on the carpet and basically saying, you don't really believe what you say and you're willing to bend the rules. And we can't do that in Ohio or any place else. And the reason why we can't do it in Ohio right now Ohio is the only state in the nation right now that has a ballot initiative concerning abortion on its November general election. The only state. That means that Planned Parenthood and its allies are bringing all of its money, all of their people descending right here in Ohio, the battleground state, the heart of it all, where we say with God all things are possible, they're like an uncircumcised Philistine. They're going to come up here in our state where God, with God, all things are possible and bring this, this evil wickedness. Oh, we should be on fire mad. He's coming after us, the people of God. No, we cannot allow it to happen. We can't. We're not wrestling with flesh and blood. I'm not wrestling with the people of Planned Parenthood. We want to we wanna save them. We want them to come to know Jesus. <laughs> we want to love them to life. We really do. We're wrestling with demons and principalities and spiritual wickedness and high places. That's what this is about. But we're going to do this in a loving way, in a God-honoring way. That's what we're going to do. So what is it we're going to do? Well, I told you about Protect Women Ohio. That's the pro-life. Um, it's not necessarily Christian, but probably all are Christians. <laughs> but from, um, from a, a, a church perspective, Center for Christian Virtue, um, and this is what we are, one of the reasons why I'm here again today, is because what we know is that we will not be outspent. I'm sorry. We will not outspend them. The opposition is going to raise at least $80 million because they don't have anything else going on around the nation. They've already targeted Ohio. Um, so we won't have enough money. And if every Catholic and every conservative, if you believe it's a conservative issue, if every conservative and every Catholic, because Catholics usually are the ones that are, you see, pro-life, let's just be honest, even if all of them vote no on the amendment, we lose. We only win this battle if the evangelical church of Jesus Christ stands up and says the gates of hell will not prevail. That's the only way we win. So we need the church of Jesus Christ to find their voice, to find their voice and say, we're, we're going we're gonna to do what is necessary to make sure that we defeat this ballot initiative. One of the ways you can do it is right now, let's pray that the signature petition drive is foiled. That they don't even get enough signatures, or if they get enough, they don't get validated. Okay, let's just stop it there. Now they're gonna keep coming back, but it's gonna keep costing them. So we want we wanna foil the ballot petition. And they have 
they have to file it, I think, by July. So let's pray for that, okay? The intercessors, people who pray, we need that. The other thing is we need to be prepared that if by chance this makes it through the petition drive, what happens in November? Well, there's two things. So I'm going to tell you the long term, and then I'm going to come back and tell you about August. So the long term is we need to make sure that every single 18-year-old that is 18-year-plus old that's eligible to vote is registered to vote. So we need you in your congregations and your ministries um, in your social groups, a massive voter education drive. And we will help you. CCB will help you. My assignment from now until November is to make sure that you are equipped with the, with the kits. We have, we've got a great kit. Um, I'll tell you about what's going to be in the kit. And we will come to regions and we will, you know, um, encourage, exhort, stir up the spirit that's in them. Um, but we need a, 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 a strong voter registration drive. And we need some captains. We need some lead people who will raise up their hand and say, here am I. Send me. I need some leads because can't be everywhere all the time. Um, but you know, we need some errands. You know, hold up the arm. We need some workers um, who will help us um, pull together the churches. Thank you so much, Pastor Barb and Pastor Bill Herzog. You guys are awesome, phenomenal, phenomenal. I'm telling you, Toledo, you all are ahead of the game. I don't even know if I could have got this number of pastors pulled together in Columbus this fast as they have. But that speaks to the relationship that they have with you and you with them and their integrity and your commitment to the kingdom. So we need to multiply Toledo in Columbus and Cincinnati and Cleveland and all over the state. We need that um, if we're going to win. So voter registration drives and then, um, then we're... As we get closer to the election, we need voter, um, you know, we got to get to the vote. We got to get to the ballots. So it's, you know, election day, um, voter outreach. And the, um, the early voting is where it's at nowadays. So early voting starts, what, 30 days prior to the election? So October, people are going to start voting. So that's why we need to get voter registrations right now so that by October, they can be registered to vote and they can vote. Early voting is where it's at. And then of course you go to the ballot and I don't know, but my pastor, he tells us, don't put nothing in the mail, take it to the board of elections. <laughs> he said, either go, go vote or you take your absentee ballot and you drop it off at the board of elections. So, all right, Pastor Forbes, that's the FYI for the people. But, um, Anyway, so that's what we need, and that's what I'm here for. And um, I encourage you to, you know, join the team. It'll be fun. We'll pray a lot. We will work a lot, and we will win this for the kingdom. Now that's in November, but let's back up. So right now, in order to pass a constitutional amendment, okay, and I'm almost finished. Let me take some Q and A. In order to pass a constitutional amendment, you need 50 plus one votes of the electorate. Those who are um, registered to vote in the state of Ohio, you need 51% of the electorate. That's not a high bar. And we have big, big money coming into the state of Ohio. And we got a lot of people who are not politically savvy. They are going to buy into reproductive freedom. 
They're not even thinking about, you know, how the words are being convoluted and how what this really, really means. Most people would not agree with an abortion at nine months old or leaving a baby on the table. No, but that's what's, that's where we're headed. This is the United States of America's Constitution. Somewhere between 4,407,000 4, words, almost 250 years old, has only been amended a couple of times. It takes two-thirds of both houses and a third of, or is it a fourth of the states? It takes 38 states to approve a constitutional amendment, and it takes two-thirds votes of both the House and the Senate. All of that just to amend this. 51% in the state of Ohio by the electorate. 67,000 words. And the Ohio Constitution is not as old as this one. It's like the word of God. How many, do we change it? Because the times change? Because the culture changes? Because we think and feel differently? Are we no, we don't do that. And we shouldn't do that with the state constitution either. That's what's happening. It's been bought and paid for. There's a document also in your sheet, in your, on your table. It says, Ohio Constitution Protection Amendment. It tells you that how many times the, um, since 2018, 14 of the proposed constitutional amendments in Ohio have passed with over 60%. And so that's where I'm headed. There is a legislative move afoot at your state house, at our state house, to raise the ceiling of how many, elect, how many votes it takes to amend the Constitution. Right now it's 50 plus one. And um, that's too easy because there's too much at stake. There's um, legislators who have um, um, put forth an amendment to change that number to 60%. Well, we already know that since 2008, there still have been 14 amendments, 14 of the 21 proposed amendments since 2008 have passed with 60 plus percent. So it's not like we're trying to make it difficult for voters to vote. We're just trying to make sure that when, when, when we change the amendment, it is totally necessary. We needed to change the U.S. amendment to end slavery. We needed to change the U.S. Amendment to give women's the, women the right to vote. We needed, there are reasons why we need to change an amendment. But we don't need to make it easy to do it because we have evil people. You know, when, when, when um, Nehemiah was building the wall and everything, here comes Sambalot and Tobiah. They want to help. There are people who say, oh, we want to help you. Let's change the, no. We got to know when there are Sambalots and Tobias is coming into our land and want to do things in the name of good that really is not good for us. So it's not about not wanting to amend the Constitution. It's about for what purposes? See, we have a legislative process that if you want to change things, you go through your elected legislator. You guys have some great ones up here in this neck of the woods. You go to them and they will help you change the laws. But that's the process. We don't need to be changing the Constitution. Um, also on your table, as I wrap up, some of you, and I ran out because I didn't have enough of them, and I apologize. Um, there is a Faith and Works um, bulletin sheet, and it talks about so-called words. That's um, So I'm ending up where I started. 
why some language is, is so-called. Um, CCV, every month we um, produce these faith and works. They don't cost anything. If you're interested in um, getting the faith and works to your congregation, we make them available. You just go online at ccv.org, look up faith and works, and you can order these. We'll mail them right to your church or wherever you'd like. So what we want to do is to help the body of Christ understand how to think from a biblical worldview um, clearly about what's happening legislatively. And we want to support the work that you are doing, pastors and ministry leaders, <coughs> in keeping the gospel um, center and, um, and unsullied and um, people being really, really clear about their kingdom citizenship. We have we're we're citizens of two of two kingdoms, right here in this country, and in the kingdom of God, and we have a responsibility to be true to both. So that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. Again, what we want is we want you to um, share this information. We want you to go on Protect Women Ohio. We want you to support this effort to um, to get voter registrations in the kits. Uh, we will do a voter registration um, training. Um, and then in the kit will be um, from Secretary of State's office or voter registration materials. And then we will also provide a devotional, a six-week devotional. Um, Pastor, um, oh, who is it? Um, Alistair Begg has written the um, introduction to it. And then six weeks, every day for six weeks, there's a devotional that you can read that's supportive of this. We are making these available um, at no cost, there will be kits, and it will also be available online, too, for those who register to vote. So we want to encourage people to, yes, pray, 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 because the effectual fervent prayers of the righteous availeth much. And then once we get up from praying, we want to battle. You know, we're going to build and we're going to battle at the same time. Faith without works, we know. So um, that's what we're doing. We um, entreat your prayers. And we've got about 10 minutes, and we'll open it up for questions. So i got two questions. Um, number one, the redistricting that happened in Ohio last year, how does that impact the outcomes? And secondly, is the amendment really as vague as it is that it gives medical professionals kind of the right to determine what health is, like if it's health and well-being or physical health and Great question. So the first question is, did the redistricting last year impact this situation? No, not at all. Doesn't matter what district you live in. This is a statewide ballot initiative. And so if it gets on the ballot, it'll be, an, it'll be on the ballot in every precinct and every county in the state of Ohio. And <clears throat> um, your state representatives have nothing to do with the ballot initiative. With regard to the potential for the August election, so I, I talked a little bit about it, but there's potentially an August election where we would raise the level, the state of Ohio, the voters would raise the level from 50% to 60%. That too does not, it, it really, um, I mean, redistricting only impacted it in the sense that maybe now you have a representative who is either more aligned with um, saving lives or not. But um, we do need your prayers. Please be praying for the Ohio State House because there are some schisms and things that there's nothing too hard for God, but it is not a 
it's not a pleasant situation. We should be able to move this piece of legislation to raise the level, but for some internal infighting. But that happened with Jesus' disciples too. So we're not going to make too much of it. We're just going to pray it down and say, in Jesus' name, we're going to get this... <laughs> We're going to get this initiative on the ballot in August, and the people will come and they will vote it, which will make it much more difficult to pass the amendment in November. So that's what we want to do with that. And then your second question was, <coughs> absolutely. Absolutely. It is intentional by the, um, the drafters of this amendment to make it very um, vague, innocuous, um, unassuming. It's beguiling, and it sounds, it sounds good. It says nothing about, you know, taking away parental consent, but it actually does. You know, a parent would not be able to stop their minor girls from having an abortion. They just wouldn't. So, and they, so yes, it was intentionally written to be vague because words have power and they chose their words very carefully because they don't, they, well, what they, what they believe is that the electorate are ignorant, that the electorate um, is mostly not paying attention anyway. So all they have to do is say good and positive words and you'll you'll behave in a good and positive way. Yes, Ed. The authors of ACLU and Planned Parenthood are the authors of this. Yes. For any reason, and they'll fall back on those court cases with precedents and say that's your legitimacy for expanding health to mean anything. So. Case precedent. Okay. Sorry. Thank you. Oh, you're okay. I a question. Yeah. What's the reality of um, how you voice that being proactive with advertising since the media is not basically on our side? What are strategic ways you guys are doing through social media? How can we help, you know, share or what are some mm -hmm. things that we could do practically with mm -hmm. being a benefit in the advertising agency since you guys won't really have that mm -hmm. with the media? That's really good. Um, media advertising, yes. So that's why I said, you know, please go on protectwomenohio.org. There's a 30-second um, um, commercial that you can um, share, and we're going to have more. We'll have a Facebook page and the like. Here's the reality is people support people that they know. So we can say whatever we want to say, but when your friends when your members hear it coming from you, they know you, they trust your word. So the words of a stranger, the words of a, you know, social media, Facebook page or Twitter, because, you know, there's so much craziness being said over Twitter and social media, it's hard to know what's true. But if they hear it from you, it is more likely that they will believe it. So that's why we want to empower and, you know, equip ministry leaders, elders, intercessors, pastors, with the truth um, in ways that help you speak to your Israelites. If a man looks at a woman that he got pregnant and says, I want that baby aborted, then he has the right to demand that in spite of what the woman says? Wow. 
Now that's an interesting twist. If it says any individual, see? Well, let's look at let's 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 look and see what it says because you may very well be right. It, every individual has a right to make and carry out one's own reproductive decision. So the question is, is it the males, the paternal father's own reproductive decision? Well, does he have a right to the reproduction of his seed? It's his seed. It's his. I bet you one thing, when the baby's born, somebody's going to go after child support. Why? Because it's his. It's his reproduction. There's a, there's a good argument that could be made. So, can I say this? Is this just gives more grounds for protecting women? We're building a better case for protecting women because um, it keeps a man from imposing his evil wishes exactly. on a woman who might have good good desires. Right. Exactly. That's um. That's, that's that number five point. The harm to women is that they could be coerced to having an abortion um, if they did not want one. Any other, any other questions, concerns, observations? Has this been helpful to you? Amen. Amen. And, um, you know, we, we are committed. I'm committed to personally see that this is, that we do everything that we can do. I have a personal stake in this. You know, God has done a redeeming work in my life and this is my season, okay? It's my season to redeem that which was lost and stolen. And so, um, and we need more of that because particularly in the African-American community, and I'll stop here, you know, there are almost more babies aborted than are born. And then when you add to that the infant mortality rate in the African-American community, we are disproportionately more babies dying within the first year. So we're not, our babies aren't living beyond the first year, and then we're aborting them at the rate of 37% of all abortions in the nation. We only represent 12% of the population. So why are we doing this to ourselves? My people perish for what? Lack of knowledge. And so I don't have a choice. You know, what, what the enemy meant for evil, God is turning this thing around for good and we just have to stand up and speak out and speak truth. Amen. All right, amen. I will. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. You are such a good, good Father, and we are loved by you. You said you would not have us to be ignorant of anything. God, you gave us all power and authority to trample on demons and serpents, oh God. You told us in Genesis to take dominion, occupy, rule, govern, replenish the earth, oh God. And so we are standing right now, God, in the name of Jesus, declaring that that power to replenish will not be taken away by this uncircumcised Philistine who seeks to kill, steal, and destroy through his own beguiling, deceptive ways. God, we are declaring and decreeing 
that the body of Christ will stand up, that the, the veil will be removed from their eyes, that they will see the truth, they will know the truth, they will speak the truth, and the truth will make us free, and it will deliver deliver us back to the place where we were. God, we are one nation under you, indivisible with liberty and justice for all, born and unborn, oh God. We will declare that, we will herald that, we will speak it, we will stand, we will with our whole life, God, just like our Savior Jesus gave all, God, this is the hill for us to give all on. So we thank you, Lord, for these men and women of God who have come, the shepherds of your church, God, these ministry leaders, these intercessors, oh God, to hear the truth of the gospel, God, shared, oh God. And now we know what we, we know what we're up against. We know what to do. And when we know who we are and we are yours, oh God, we know that we have all power and all authority to do what is necessary. Now, God, I bless them. Lord, bless them and keep them. Make your face shine upon them. Be gracious unto them. Lord, oh, turn your face toward them and give them your shalom peace. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. These coming months leading to November have never been more consequential. In particular, right now, we want to direct you to protectwomenohio.com. Again, that's protectwomenohio.com. Ignite Radio Live is an award-winning podcast and radio program committed to uniting families in seeking, proclaiming, living, and building the kingdom. Join us. Listen to other great episodes at igniteradiolive.com. It's not-